Hey, Babaloo, how are you? What, how are you? I'm, I'm already recording because I figured let's just do it. And because, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, all the things we're going to talk about are the things that, you know, I, I mean, I want to hear about your summer, but I also want to uh, talk to you about your goals and plans for the semester because, you know, I one of the cool things about our schedules as this in this cyclical academic life is that we get this summer break to reboot every year and get to start like fresh in the fall. Um, so I know that I've got a bunch of goals and plans and I want to hear about what your, your plans are, but, but first I want to hear about this summer because you did some pretty big projects and I haven't talked to you at all about them. We've only, you know, commented on each other's Instagram posts or whatever. So like, tell me about Elvis. Yeah, so the, the Elvis actually is going into pre-production, so that's that is a fall project. But we did begin um, auditions in the spring, and we'll be in pre-production, and then we'll start rehearsals in um, September. And tell and that... tell the listeners w- what it is. Yeah, so this is a project called Elvis: A Musical Revolution, which is going to be. Um, directed by Jeff Calhoun at Walnut Street Theater. And um, for those of you that don't know, it is, as the sign says, the oldest theater in the country. Um, and I think that run that that refers to the oldest or the longest running, um, continuously running theater. So it has a, a real history. There's um, there is a, a strong subscri- subscriber base. Um, and uh, yeah, so they tend to do um, previously produced pieces. Um, and this one falls in a weird category because it has been done before, but not with this particular script. Jeff has been working with the writers to um, kind of update the script and to make it work for. Um, the the Philadelphia audience, but also eventually for a larger audience. Yeah, um, I mean, with Broadway's Jeff Calhoun and a huge theater like Walnut Street, I mean, there's got to be big plans for this thing. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Like, they're um, the writers who are um, are just incredible. Have connections to the um elvis estate and to um have a a long history of licensing um are are i think energized were energized by the success of the film that was baz lerman um and kind of adapting this piece for now with with um the information that we have there does seem to be a continued interest um with the um the recent passing of Lisa Marie Presley. And um, yeah, it's it's just like the the right thing at the right time. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what might be beyond it. I know that the real, the real goal for us this time was, or for this production is to sort of get it ready for just about anything. Mm-hmm. Like 
um, different stages, maybe, um, you know, so it can be licensed beyond this, perhaps a bigger stage. Um, but none of that has been really confirmed. So, and so conversations really have begun, but you're in pre-production and, and you, what is your role on the show? Yeah. So I'll be the associate director. Um, and <laughs> I'm really excited about, I'm excited about the position because I, I did a similar job, um, on a production of the full Monty, um, under the helm of one of my really great friends, Josh Walden. And uh, that was its own story. Um, yeah. And it's, it is lovely for me. And I'm sure this is some of our listeners would understand, like when you are in positions of leadership, it's really nice sometimes to be just a member of a team and mm -hmm. to be able to look at a project from multiple, through multiple lenses. And um, so, yeah, I think that's what this is. It's, it's an opportunity to, to be in the room and, um, already it has, I, I have learned so much by just being a sort of a fly on the wall and a fly on the wall whose opinions matter and are respected and are heard. And uh, so, yeah, it's been, it's been really great. And then also I, sh I should just say, I'm sure we'll talk about it in future podcasts, but um, you know, when I was younger, my parents would just play Elvis. Like mm -hmm. it was the soundtrack of, you know, I would come out into the living room and they would be like slow dancing to some Elvis song. And this was, uh -huh. this is like my entire life. And, and, and that fast forwarded to an opportunity that I had, I spent time with the cast of Kinky Boots um, in Memphis and we did a tour of Graceland, right? So like that experience was sort of more fan related. Mm -hmm. And you just don't quite think about all of these moments in your life that add up to finding yourself in a rehearsal with um, people who are portraying like these real life human beings and then really taking that forward. So it's really cool. It's so far, so far, so cool. And and um, an opportunity to work at Walnut Street is wonderful. And yeah. I hope people come and see it. And um, we will, like I said, I'm sure we'll talk again about it. So, so it's a perfect segue to the other summer big summer project that you did in California. Tell, tell me about full money and that experience. I mean, you talked a little bit about just enjoying being on a team and not being, you know, the, the leader leader, but what, what was it like? That's an interesting little musical that, you know, uh, I don't know. I just tell it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, you know, it's, I think it's, it is, a. uh, amazing musical with great music and and a script terrence mcnally um a team really um david yazbek and oh my gosh david yazbek yes i'm i'm saying names but i'm hoping i'm getting them right there you go um, yeah yeah and uh and all you know it came out in 2000 and was up against uh Pro the producers, producers yeah yeah and kind of got a little lost in the mix it had a, a life that had regional theaters producing it all over the country. Um, I had actually done the production, like been in a several productions of it in my life. Um, and so this technically was the third uh, iteration that I've been a part of. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's one of those musicals that like people really liked, but kind of got swept a little bit under the rug. Yeah. Uh, and, and it 
made its way back to um, the surface here at Transcendence Theater. It still is running through the end of the month. Um, and there's a lot of elements to this, one being that it is a, a script that is meant to take place in the present, right? It's based on the 1997 uh, film that took place in um, England, but but the musical is something that takes place in Buffalo. Um, we actually set the project, set the story in the late 80s, um, which that's, there's a little bit more behind that and the reasoning behind that, but we found a lot of the, the language a little bit problematic for um, today and for this particular audience. So we thought, oh, why don't we put it in a world where it is okay for us to um, kind of have the, the, uh, I was going to say the word patriotic. That's not the word I mean. Um, oh my gosh. Patriarchy? Patriarchy. I'm literally just seeing like a, a red, white, and blue flag. <laughs> and I'm like, that is not correct. The patriarchy, the, um, the way in which the language kind of um, um, can be harmful. Yeah. Um, and so somehow by changing the lens a little bit and saying, hey, this was this was happening at a certain time um, after the still mills, steel mills closed and kind of at the height of what is Chippendale's energy, it really kind of shifts the story. Um, and we just went in a different direction when it came to casting. You know, we wanted to make sure that we had uh, a super diverse cast. So sure. we had uh, a trans um young person playing um, Nathan, who in the script is ref referred a lot to as Nath. And we were like, let's go for it. And, um, a, you know, um, we wanted to make sure that voices were represented. So that's one element. And then the second big element is that it takes place like this theater company does outdoor theater. So um, this is a long story short, but they basically had to move venues and we found ourselves in a beautiful um, winery called Beltane Ranch and between uh, uh, Zinfandel and um, Chardonnay uh, found ourselves in this sort of outdoor theater. So it felt like you're with friends putting a show on in a barn, right? There's no barn, but it just, the, the elements kind of get thrown in there. Um, but it was a gorgeous experience super talented cast and if if people if we are posting this before it closes take the opportunity to go and see it because it was really fun to do and so what was your role in that production and you know beyond the title that you had what were some of the responsibilities that you had and things that you did yeah so um i uh was uh really a part of the pre-production spot where where i created dramaturgical material um really setting us in that space and time uh, there, we had to be really creative when it came to um, scenic elements, because there's all of these reasons why we can't fly things in or we can't um, move things around. So um, there was a lot of math, like story math about <laughs> what that set can do and how we can um, transition from one idea to the next. So for example, we had a full car that remains on the stage the entire show um, and sort of transitioning us from point A to point B, we use that car to eventually get to um, Malcolm's section in which he is um, 
not only discussing self-harm, but is sort of demonstrating that, portraying that. And, um, and then how do you navigate to and from that and still kind of live in a world on this stage where a car exists? So it's, it's a little bit of um, transition story help. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, it, you know, it's one of those things where someone says, well, what does an associate director do? And you kind of are like, well, what do they not do? You know, mm -hmm. like tracking um, costumes and how people can get from one place to the next. Um, it can, th this job can range from literally there's a, a one prop that was like, okay, someone has to keep their eyes on this in a, in a deeper storytelling way. Um, and also make sure that um, our amazing, uh, very talented, very accomplished performers um, could help navigate that. So lots of side conversations, lots of side coaching, and then like, hey, let's see if we can try this. And then in addition to that, um, I served really as the um, intimacy expert. Oh. And um, so not only staged some um, lip to lip moments or hand holding, um, but also kind of brought expertise when it came to um, the ways in which uh, the, the anyone disrobing, whether it was the main stripper or whether it was one of the, the five uh, male identifying characters, um, sort of walking through that, talking through that, sight lines, how do you make that happen in an outdoor theater space and how do you advocate for them um, in terms of the technical elements, lighting, Etc. So that's a lot. A lot. It of is a lot. So of those responsibilities, were those things that were like tasked to you with the director or the producer? Or somebody say, "Hey, Kikau, will you do this?" Or was it self-initiated? It's a little a bit of both. I mean, I worked mainly closely with uh, Josh, um, who is really incredible. Josh is uh, an amazing non-binary. Uh, director choreographer who was the choreographer for that accomplished and acclaimed production of Beauty and the Beast at um, Only Theater um, and continues to be an advocate for um, voices who may or may not you know find themselves on stages and so there was a lot of it felt like every day was new you know like you'd think oh, okay today we're going to do this and really you'd find yourself doing a million other things um so yeah it it was tasked it was um part of the part of the deal and then also you find yourself doing things that um that were you know we're not written in any job description right um, right 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 you're right. just like okay here we yeah. are we're we're making this thing work and making this thing happen um but i think that's the it's like my favorite part it's the it's the stuff that's in between and it's the stuff that like when you're telling a story how um how kind of uh the unique things that you have to do in order to get us to where you need to be and like i said that list of unlisted duties um other duties as a sign other duties as a sign <laughs> yeah okay so you have to tell me about um your productions tell me about the show you directed yeah 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 um so my summer was busy too also um in addition to seeing taylor swift on july 29th and she was phenomenal and it was a religious experience um 
the uh, you know it started off and I went out to Iowa to the Clinton Area Showboat Theater where I was formerly artistic director. Uh, this summer I was their casting director and directed their first like main stage show of the season. They kicked off with a cabaret that I uh, had sort of put together for them and 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 cast, and then they went into Young Frankenstein, um, which I directed. And it was a, you know, a three week process. It was, um, it was challenging. You know, it was a, a coming home of sorts because that that's a theater I was artistic director at for five years. So like walking into the building, I was like, oh yeah, this quirky little, little theater. I, I it feels like home in a way. Um, but it was also weird just being back and not being in charge. I think that was a bit of an adjustment for me. You know, I'm, I'm, dear friends with the people that are running the theater now. Um, but, you know, the, that separation of, um, you know, taking up the space that I need to run the show, but also not taking up space that I used to occupy when I was the artistic director and, 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 you know, letting, letting them run their theater now. Um, that was, that was a little bit of an adjustment, not to mention just being away from my family. I, uh, Jamie and the kids did not come with me. So I was out there on my own. Um, and uh, so that was a little bit of a, of a challenge, but you know, it's a fun little show. Um, it's actually a fun, big show. It's not a little show at all. Um, but this new West End version, they have scaled it back some. And I think it's, I think the original, which I saw on Broadway and loved, it got a little unruly. Like it was clear they just had all the money and resources in the world and just kind of kept going and nobody edited <laughs> any of the ideas. But then in this new West End version, some of the ideas have been edited and refined. So I think it's a very strong adaptation, if you will, or, uh, you know, addition. Um so the rehearsal process was really fun. It was a really su sweet group of uh, young actors that worked on it with me, some uh, uh, some really great people. I, I ran into a little bit of an issue um, on tech week of the show, which left, I ended the project on a, on a little bit of a, not a bad note, but an uncomfortable note because of, uh, so I served as the, intimacy choreographer for the show in addition to being the director and and when you think of young frank you don't necessarily i mean it's not spring awakening you don't think of it necessarily as an intimacy show but you, you know it does have some kisses and there's some innuendo there's some stuff that happens sort of off stage or in the shadows that uh uh you know is is suggestive and intimate and um for whatever reason you know i i i I did everything by the book, the Theatrical Intimacy Educators book, and um, some of the cast had been trained using other methods of intimacy, and um, for whatever reason, were a little bit uncomfortable with the TIE methods that I had used, which I found surprising. And, um, you know, we're living in an era right now where... Um, people in power are being called into question when uh, those not in power are uncomfortable. And sometimes that's handled in a really kind and respectful way. And sometimes it's a little confrontational. And so it felt a little confrontational in the way that some of the cast handled it. And that was challenging. I, I called called my resources and was like, oh, what do I do? You know, this is really hard and they don't seem very happy with me. And um, we got through it and it was like, a, it was a weird 
12 hours of like the cast sort of revolting against me <laughs> and then us trying to get back on track and um, it is something as an educator, though, that was really interesting to me because we're working so hard to empower uh, our students and to teach them to use their voice and set their boundaries. And we're teaching them these wonderful methods that did not exist when you and I were in school about intimacy, uh, choreography, and all of those kinds of things. Um, I'm not sure that we are doing a great job yet, at least I'm not doing a great job yet, of work teaching students how to navigate things when when they don't go the way they think they should go um you know it's something that i'm wrestling with but i want to i want to start working with my students more about okay just because this director is not doing x y or z the way that your teachers did doesn't make it wrong um if you're uncomfortable if it doesn't work with your boundaries absolutely here's how you respond to something not meeting with your boundaries, not your boundaries not being respected. But um, that's a lot different than sort of what it felt like to me in this particular situation, somebody immediately becoming the enemy simply because they were using a different method than what some of the actors were uh, accustomed to. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense at all? I see you nodding, but I'm curious oh, what your thoughts are on that. Oh, it totally makes sense. It's... Um... I think each ex for you know each situation is so unique. Um, so each unique, yeah. human being is so unique, and so yeah. they come, you know, uh, by the nature of what we do, these very short rehearsal processes that you know are kind of wrought with um, a sense of urgency, um, which always becomes the enemy, right? right? Of like if you everyone thinks, oh, I wish we had a little bit more time so we can like really walk us through this or talk us through this um yeah it's it's um this is it's complicated it's really complicated and one of the things i love about this generation um but i'm also challenged by with this generation when i say generation i mean of the 20 early 20 somethings that we teach in school is how quickly they stand together and advocate for each other i think that's absolutely beautiful like you know if if somebody is seen as uncomfortable. They very quickly band together and they they stand their ground. That makes it difficult sometimes to, um, there's not a lot of nuance built into this us versus them kind of thing that I feel like we we are met with as teachers and, and directors at yeah, professional theaters. Um, but, uh, you know, it, that was, that, that part was challenging. And, and the thing that was disappointing about it was that the process was so fun and it was such a, a supportive and wonderful rehearsal room. And it just, that tech process when we were removing placeholders and starting to um, the, uh, implement the intimacy choreography on the stage, uh, there was like this weird, not weird, I'm putting judgment on it. There was this challenging moment where they resisted and, um, kind of came at me in a way that was, was just challenging. Um, but you know, we, we got through it. The show was good, got great reviews, sold pretty well. Um, like I said, some wonderful people were in it, but that was my experience there. And then, you know, my burn ban, the show that I wrote over, um, over my sabbatical, we did a reading of, which was like so fun. Um, 
hearing it out loud, not just me and my collaborators reading, you know, chunks of scenes, but like actually having like incredible people read the show. Uh, it was an incredible cast and we did it via Zoom so that I could have, you know, friends that were really right for the role sort of from all over um, read it. And, and we got to hear the song sung by somebody other than the composer. Uh, so we did that a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I mean, I've got a whole notebook full of notes that now I need to go back and, and implement. But it was like, one, it was fun. Two, it was like really inspiring. Um, and three, it's going to make the play better because I was able to hear some of the things that worked in my head, but weren't necessarily working in reality. So um, that was the that was the other really fun professional-ish thing that I did over the summer that I, I was really cool. So, I mean, it was so amazing. So I was able to catch some of the um, some of the Zoom in real time um, mm -hmm. in I because I was in California. We were on the same in the same time zone, which is so wild. Um, but I'm excited. I was excited about the music and I was excited about um, uh, the amazing talent that was there reading uh, the yeah. script. <laughs> I was sort of like, wow, we got we got a plus. We got a plus. <laughs> um, but it's just so cool to have something to then edit like it's so cool that you have this thing that you made um yeah. that you you birthed into the world and like yeah. um it'll be interesting to to follow it and see what happens yeah so my plan is that i'm going to take all of this information that i got from the reading um and make some pretty substantial changes i mean that's substantial I, I hesitated when i said that word because it's substantial to me in my head but you know, the story is there, the characters are there. One of the things that was so interesting was that on paper, in my mind, there was one character that I was a little worried about fading into the background. I didn't feel like she had her her moments uh, to shine and to, to really stand out as a character. When I heard it aloud, she was great. Like that character actually really works. It was a different character that sort of faded into the background. So, you know, I want to give him some moments and sort of expand some of the relationship uh, experiences that he has in the show, things like that. So I want to, I want to implement that. I think I'm going to add a song or two um, that will help tell the story. And, uh, and then I'm just going to try to throw it out in the world and see if anybody wants to do it because it's a very producible show. If any of our listeners run a small professional theater and want to do it, you uh, just let me know. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, that will be a very cool experience. I, I mean, exemplified by how cool it was just to hear people read it on Zoom, sitting in the audience and watching a show that I helped co-create will be will be like a magical kind of experience that I haven't really had for quite some time. Yeah, so so exciting. Talk a little bit about, uh, I know we wanted to get to to goals, but I'm curious to know because you have just completed your sabbatical. Mm -hmm. I mean, the sabbatical ended at the end yeah. of the spring, but, yeah, yeah. but you'll be back like teaching everything's back in the fall, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And I'm excited about it. I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling um, energized. I have a lot of ideas about what I want to do. Like I said, a lot of goals. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I, I've got not a lot of time left. And 
my my university transitioned from Blackboard online learning to Canvas. So I, I still need to figure that out. <laughs> I opened Canvas for the first time yesterday and I was like, oh yeah, this is different. I mean, you know what it feels like? It feels like when I was a, a Windows user and then I switched over to a Mac. Like the thing about a Mac is it's so much more intuitive and it's like makes so much more sense, but it's still like this huge learning curve because all of the things that you did on the Windows computer doesn't work the same way. <laughs> So that is something that I'm going to have to get on board with. But no, I'm really excited. I got a full teaching load. I'm directing the fall musical, which is Head Over Heels. Um, the principals are cast. We're, we're going to have auditions in as soon as we get back for the ensemble and the understudy roles. And uh, I, I'm feeling very optimistic that this is going to be the best year. I'm, I'm really I'm pumped. Oh, so exciting. Can you talk a little bit about that? The, the ensemble, like, did they not audition in the spring or do you just do something well like yeah, separate things I, yeah. so we we did it differently this year and i don't know if we're going to do it this way again in the future or not we haven't sort of post-mortemed the process but uh the first show happens mid-october which you know when when you're looking at the timeline of the school year is is pretty quick like not just from a rehearsal standpoint but from like a a technical and design standpoint. And so when our season selection committee was discussing what we were going to do this year, um, the cost, and, and we started talking about Head Over Heels, the costume designer in particular was like, you know, we can do a big show like Head Over Heels in the October slot, but if we do, I really would appreciate a jump start on being able to build some of the costumes over the summer because she's a year-round employee. She's not... Um, She's not 10 months like like me. Um, so she said, if we could cast some of the principals and I could have their costumes close to done when we return in the fall, then um, actually, I think we started by her saying, can we cast the show before we left for the summer? And I was against that because I want our freshmen to be able to audition. Um, so the compromise was, you know, we sort of went back and forth. And then we got to the point where she's like, well, if we can get like the eight principals cast, then uh and they're i'm close to being done with their costumes when we return from the summer then we can really hit the ground running you know cast the the remaining ensemble folk i can build their costumes and then i won't be behind the rest of the year but there was just concern that starting with such a big show at, right out of the gate in such a short process um it was going to set us back not only for this show but like really for the entire season so that was the compromise so what we did was we auditioned for the principals uh i don't know may uh cast them the other cool thing that i'm interested to see how how, how this works is those eight principals have had their scripts all summer they uh they know the roles that they're playing i'm very interested to see what kind of work they have done when they return because that could really help the beginning of the process as well um, so when we get back the first week of school, will anybody that's not cast in those eight roles will audition for the musical and the play and, um, we'll cast the remaining roles and then start rehearsals the second week of class. Very cool. I mean, this is, this is what's fun is like just hearing how other people do it. We, um, we don't allow our first years to audition for the fall musical. It's like the only the only semester that they are essentially ineligible. And the thinking behind that is that they, we want them to have like 
a, a launch into college. Here's a whole new world. And, and um, we have, as of last year, began this, what we call first year event, so that they have an opportunity to be on stage at some point, sort of, I know, Pace does something similar, like a hatched event. So they, they are standing on stage or they're participating in some way to introduce themselves to the community, but have a little bit of a running start before they yeah. find themselves in a rehearsal process. So, but yeah. I, I, it's just to say it's, I actually really love the idea of, um, of seeing, uh, seeing them on the stage, right? Yeah. ASAP. I, don't know, I don't know how many freshmen will be cast. I mean, t historically when we've done, all of the auditions as soon as we return there's usually a couple freshmen that get cast in the fall semester um could be that way this year we have a really big exciting freshman class and you know our sophomores juniors and seniors those are like the post-covid classes so they're like a little smaller so i think it's possible that we see some freshmen get cast but um yeah, I mean, there's so many different philosophies on that. I think at Carnegie, they can't audition for the main stage shows until like their junior year or something, um, which is, again, a different philosophy. I uh, I think there's, my personal philosophy is there's, there's great value in going through the audition process. Um, and so, you know, being able to throw your hat in the ring eight semesters as opposed to just four or six that's sort of where I come from with it. Um, also, I, I, I've seen some students get to college and get cast fall or spring of their freshman year. And it really has helped with their sense of community on the campus. Like they feel a part of the department in a way that when they're not cast out of the gate. So I, I will actually encourage my freshmen if they don't get cast to crew a show or something, which they're not required to do, but like, I just feel it's such a great way to be a part of the, the tribe, you know, um, you get that some from your classes, but I just feel like the productions are a whole different animal. So that's my philosophy. Um, did you inherit the people don't audition their freshman year, follow their freshman year, or is that something that you put into place? No, we it, we inherited it, but we also we have so many um, production opportunities yeah, while do. they're here. I mean, it's like it's so many. Um, so we don't feel like we're limiting people from anything. And and even if someone coming here is just hell bent on being in something, there's lots of opportunity. Like they could be potentially in rehearsal as soon as um, you know. November or something for something that happens early January or there's just lots of student run things or or you know they could be part a part of readings or dance opportunities there's just lots of things going on so we yeah. just sort of put that parameter up um with their with their own transition into college in mind um and and that has just become part of the part of the story um, we also have, uh, you know, they have an opportunity to perform throughout their entire time, meaning like in my previous institution, typically the seniors in their spring semester didn't perform. They like didn't audition, didn't perform. And part of that was because some of them were going through the showcasing experience. Some of them were choosing to actually jump into the field already by either being in productions or interning hmm. somewhere. 
Um, and so it's, it's, I look at it sort of in the same way, but opposite, like here at UArts, they perform the entire time. Like mm -hmm. if someone wants to, they could, they could potentially be cast in every semester. And I will say maybe with, with the exception of the semesters that they're required to um, either crew or do something in the, um, in a supportive space for, but there's so many things once again going on. We are we are good with making sure that everyone has enough opportunity. Um, if we didn't feel that way, I think that we would we would encourage people to to jump into the to the jump rope kind of ASAP. Um, but that's just not the case. So last year in the spring, you directed "You're in Town." Are you right. going to be directing anything this year? Yeah, this year I've um, decided to sort of hold a little bit more of a um, artistic director, producerial sort of view for the season and the multiple seasons we run. Um, and I am not planning on directing anything for at school. Um, <laughs> it's, which it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I am taking a little time away to work on Elvis while school is ha happening. Um, but I, I feel like what, is really needed is just a little bit more oversight over how and who and what. Um, I am excited though that every single one of our program directors um, who run acting, musical theater, um, our DPP or directing playwriting and production and then design and technology, those four undergraduates uh, areas who whose focus primarily is in curriculum is in the, in the um, classroom. Each one of them is directing or a part of one of the productions that we're doing. So it's like, we're really working on kind of, I'm excited to get out of the way a little bit and sort of go, hey, um, why don't you take a, ha a stab at uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream? We're doing Great Comet in the fall. We're doing Cabaret in the spring. And then um, uh, Matasol, which is a, a play mm, yeah. in, uh, in the spring. In addition to our Polyphone uh, Festival of New and Emerging Musicals, which this year we're celebrating our 10th year anniversary. Um, so we're partnering with lots of folks to sort of make that happen in addition to like a celebratory concert. Like even me talking about it, it's like, I can't be in rehearsal if I need to be at all the rehearsals. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I will say in the fall of 24, I'm really hoping to to have a great project to work on. So what are your goals then? I mean, either personal or professional, like what, what do you, when you look at this, this year, what are you hoping to accomplish or do? Yeah. I mean, we've, um, we've done lots of work over the last couple of years. And so I'm excited to see that work come to fruition. We've been working on a new curriculum we're unveiling in the fall of 24. So that's still needs a little bit more uh, preparation. We've implemented things like a consent-based practices coordinator who mm. um, really is a part of making sure that intimacy and um, these and vulnerable kind of conversations are at the forefront of our work. Um, personally, I'm, me and Derek and I and Bogness are moving. We're going from this um, apartment to a house where like literally, I think this might be the last time I'm zooming from this apartment because we'll be in a brand new space. Um, so that's kind of a big deal. Um, and then uh, we are doing, I'm, I'm going on all of the, as many recruitment mm. um, opportunities as possible. And um, this year, myself and the artistic director of 
Polyphone are going to be attending NAMT. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So we're seeing all of those shows, all of those new shows and kind of just getting in that world as well. So my, our goal is um, it's so it's a big one, which is just to have like a good time and to yeah. like um, really continue to like invite people to the um, people to the party. <laughs> yeah. So the, the place that you, so I thought I saw that on, on Instagram, yeah. you bought a place. We did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there it is. And, and where is it in, I mean, I don't know Philadelphia at all, but like, yeah. where is it in comparison to where you are now and how far are you away from campus and all of that? Yeah. Kind of stuff? I mean, the best way to put it is like, now we're basically live in Rittenhouse square or center city. And that's about 15 minutes from school if I was to walk and where we're moving is South Philly, which is about 20 minutes or so from school. So still walkable. It is could, walkable. Could be busable. Could you could also drive in. Um and yeah, it's interesting because we're at a point where not many people are like buying homes in this moment. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's like we're sort of a little bit going upstream. Um, but it just feels like the right thing for us now and um yeah more more information about that to come i feel like it'll be fun to to update as we move forward through this year yeah. uh and but should be good kika remind me how much longer is on your interim deanship term yeah this is interesting i <laughs> i am i am not i am not so sure um i uh there were a couple other hires that had to happen, other dean positions. So I've I've held this interim for this time. Um, for sure, it's this next year, meaning like this fall and this upcoming spring. And then beyond that is TBD. Got it. Yeah. That's what I thought it was, but I, I didn't want to say you're going into your last year as interim dean and then be yeah. wrong. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's correct. That's correct. I mean, to to sort of step into this position. Um, in before I even began in the school is like the craziest part about all of this is yeah. like, it's, uh, it has been learning on the job, but then also sort of like truly kind of falling in love with that sense of leadership and like, um, seeing, like I said, at the beginning, like seeing some of the, the bloom of the seeds we planted two years ago is like wild yeah um it's just like a you know writing a musical and seeing seeing it come to life it's sort of like yeah there's there's things that we sort of said hey let's really think about this or talk through this and then now we're just um kind of enjoying the the bliss of that you know what i mean yeah, yeah. that's awesome well my goals for the year i really um i want to try to find the joy and the fun part of doing productions in particular. Um, again, uh, I, I feel as though when we are teaching a full load and then going to rehearsals at night and everybody that's working on the show is working on a thousand other things, pulling a thousand different directions uh, I have found that I'm I'm not like actually enjoying the process of rehearsals and performances the way that I once did. And so I'm, I want to try to find a way to make it fun again. That's a personal uh, goal that I have. Um, and also like in terms of curricular stuff, I 
we have been so focused on social justice and anti-racism uh, pedagogy the last couple of years. I feel like I've lost a little touch with um, the professional prep part of it in my curriculum. So like, I'm really excited to, uh, to, to sort of just refresh myself as to what is happening right now as professionals in the industry in, uh, and, and to better prepare my students upon graduation. Um, part of that is, you know, we're doing our first showcase this spring, which I'm really excited about. Um, and, and just building in the, the, the business mind part of it, uh, throughout the curriculum, the way, rather than it just being in like the audition preps, audition and prep class, uh, like finding a way to bake that in so that everybody is realizing that they are a small business owner uh, as a, as a, as a performer or as a theater person and, and, and marketing and, and, and promotion. Those are things that we need to be thinking about all the time. So that that's like the curricular part of it. Um, that I'm, that is a goal. And then, um, I really want to enjoy this year on a personal level at home. Manningly starts kindergarten next week, which is bananas. Eddie James is starting preschool next week, which is also bananas. So like, um, it's been nice to have time to focus just on the family and then finding a way to have a healthy balance with enjoying the family and being able to be home with them when I'm home with them and not like preoccupied about work. That's like a personal goal that I have. So those are the things that as I enter this school year, I'll be focusing on those, those layers of, of goals for me. Oh, this is so fun. I'm excited to hear about how um, showcase goes and I'm excited to check in about your ability to, to kind of turn that, on and off, I feel like it's the question when we when we hire any new faculty members, um, myself and my assistant dean Anika Allen ask some sort of like, you know, what is your restorative practice question or what is your and and people are always surprised like, no, we mean your like, what do you need to yep. like be here and, um, yeah, the 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 answers range from a cup of coffee to like here are the various states of rest that I practice through meditation, dot, dot, dot. And, um, and it's, it's a complicated thing. I think that that's, that's a conversation that a lot of people want to have. Like, how do you do it? How do you yeah. do that with, <laughs> and, and you're in rehearsals all day and all night, and then you're, you're in zooms and meeting people. It's, this is complicated. Yeah. It's a, it, it we, we are constantly in, we're sprinting a marathon all of the time. <laughs> Like it never stops. And um, and it's not healthy to not, I mean, I don't want to blink and miss my kid's childhood, first of all. And second of all, I, my 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 emotional health, it's 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 not sustainable if we're always working. So we've talked about that a lot on the show and and yeah. you know, the model ship, the having a hobby. I'm gonna, you know, start riding my bike to school again, which is like a really nice. 20 minute bike ride through a beautiful park, you know, that, that, that's really healthy for me. Those kinds of things I think, uh, will be very good. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like the, um, we are in a body and we are surrounded by beauty. And like, I think sometimes we just don't take the time to, to 
move through life and to get on that bike and to see those trees. So I'm, I'm inspired by you. That's awesome. <laughs> I really am. We, it's like, we, we, I just feel like sometimes we get so heady and it makes that, it makes it even worse when we're sitting in these desks and at these, on these computers, it's like, yes, get outside, find a way or schedule a way to, yeah. to enjoy the world, you know? Yeah. Um, we are doing uh, like, you know, I, I always, I think, I don't know if it's because I'm a Capricorn or if it's, I don't know what, but it is really important for me to always have some sort of like trip on the oh, horizon. Yeah. And so we're doing our annual Disney something that's, that's going to be a happening. Um, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going with the students to London in January. Uh which is something I have not been able to do for the past yeah. couple of years for various reasons. Um, and uh, yeah, and so it's like Derek and I are really excited about even just taking quick quick weekend things away. And I think yeah. that that, if I can swim from one fun weekend thing to another, yeah. this is gonna just zip right by. Yeah, um, we've got a Disney, we also have a Disney trip planned for Veterans Day weekend. So mid-November, uh, the kids and I will be going on. My kids are so obsessed with Disneyland right now. They, what we, their favorite thing to do at the moment is to go on the, we have a, some, a swing set in the backyard. They'll go on the swing set and they'll just have me play like the music to Space Mountain. And then they're like, imagine they're on Space Mountain while they're swinging on the swing set. Eddie James has never even been on Space Mountain. So that makes it really silly. But, you know, they they just want to imagine we're at Disneyland all the time. That um, is so cute. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, really what that means is that they are future directors. They are uh, trying to create an experience with them as the audience. Sound design, lighting design. <laughs> I mean, I'm into it. I am so yeah. into it. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, this is fun. It's nice catching up. Um, I really missed you. I know I said that maybe before we started recording, but it's so nice to have this podcast as an opportunity just to connect because it's life, life gets in the way of relationships, man. <laughs> for sure. Oh, for sure. And I'm, I'm excited about um, this season and semester of folks that we're adding. I'm, I'm excited to connect some of the thoughts that we're talking about in terms of goals to hearing a little bit more about the 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 world as it is and yeah. how people are navigating um yeah, totally this moment the the actor strikes right and writer strikes it's like you think oh that's not going to really affect theater and then all of a sudden they're making announcements about spam a lot filled with stars of stage and screen like there's just sort of oh okay it does it will have an effect on yeah. on what we do yeah for sure Cool, All right, cool. my friend. Well, it's another great episode. Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> Music for Carefully Taught was provided by Joshua Haig. For more information, visit joshuahaigmusic.com.